0: Welcome in to another edition of the Half Court Press Podcast. I'm John Niatawa, joined not by Chris Hetty, but Tony Boone.
1: Yeah, we've uh, designated Chris Hetty for assignment, (laughs) or at least somebody
0: did. Temporarily? Well, technically he's covering Pro Day, recording this on a Thursday, so Nebraska football in full swing with spring ball. Even though there's snow on the ground, it doesn't feel like spring, but spring football's going on, so Chris is kind of tied up. Uh, But that's fine. We were going to bring Tony on anyway this week because we wanted to talk to you about the, uh, the summer League tournament. But now you just get to take a seat.
1: Yeah, and you and I know a little bit about this whole crossover in sports at the end and beginning of sports season. So uh, we're well-versed in what Chris is going through right, right. now, uh, juggling a couple of sports at the same time.
0: Exactly. It is basketball season and baseball season, and for you, also hockey season as well. So yeah, Absolutely. appreciate you taking time to, uh, to chat with us. So we're going to talk a little bit about Creighton um, in a minute and maybe a brief update on, on Nebraska. But uh, – it's March, man. This is the time of year when, um, if you're a college basketball fan, you can theoretically, I think, starting today, sit down at noon and have games on basically from noon to midnight.
1: Yeah, I remember uh, being a, a college student and, uh, you know, taking those like late week days uh, off and uh, going and finding a place where you can sit and watch four quarterfinal games for conference tournaments. Right. Uh, this would have been like back in Nebraska's uh, Big Eight days, but. Yeah, you can sit there from noon until nearly midnight and just go game after game after game after game. And you can rack up quite a tab while doing so. It's no amazing, doubt, it's amazing how much food you can polish off uh, when you're sitting in that time in the same frame. We're just yeah, chilling like and watching hours. games.
0: So yeah, this is gonna it's gonna be so much fun. Um, and obviously, a local team UNO is involved in a tournament. It's that's what I'm saying. Like I love these 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 small con- one bid league small conference tournaments. Um, you know. What, what I always see is the final game, obviously, and you see the emotion, the court storm, the players celebrating. Um, they get that auto bid. Um, but there's always sort of a build-up. And I, I kind of wonder, this event is going to start Saturday, right? Yep. And I wonder what it's like covering a tournament where you know that at the start of it, the teams that descend and, and enter into the gym that day I mean, you know, well, first off, the field's getting cut in half day one. But only one team is going to ultimately leave Sioux Falls with smiles on his faces. Everyone else, I mean, you go there thinking, we got a chance to win this. Some maybe believe more than others for a good reason. But, like, everything's on the line. And the difference between securing the title and auto-birth and not is as wide as, I mean, is there a, it's as wide as almost, I feel like, any sort of outcome in sports, I would think. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and, when the, and
1: when the final game goes down to the wire, it's even more so. The the, the difference between
0: getting the auto berth to the NCAA tournament and then just going home without anything for a, uh, a school like a UNO or South Dakota State or um, North Dakota, I mean, it's incredible so yeah. what's it like covering this thing because well, well, I, I gotta first, imagine it's pretty fun
1: yeah well first of all uh the one thing I do like that the NCAA has done with the NIT is that they've now given an auto bid for the NIT to the league champion in the regular season if that champion does not win so if you're South Dakota State going in this weekend and you're the number one seed if you happen to get beat by UNO or somebody else and don't win the tournament you know you're part of the NIT field so I think that that's a, a nice uh I guess consolation prize. Yeah. Uh, for doing something throughout the regular season. But if you're UNO, it is all or nothing this weekend mm-hmm. because they're not guaranteed anything else and because uh, the other postseason tournaments are more pay-to-play tournaments. Um, that's not something that UNO has necessarily been interested in in, in the past. Like uh, the CBI's uh, yeah, CBI the or yeah. the CITs. Yeah. Yes, that would be something that Th- it would have to be, UNO would have to decide to do that out of extra private funds uh, through the basketball program and not through anything mm-hmm. that you know the university has raised on its own. Uh, For the athletic department, it's not part of the budget and would not uh, be something that they would be interested in doing if they don't win it. So it is kind of an all or nothing deal. As far as the tournament itself, uh, the Summit League is a little bit unique because the women's tournament goes on at the exact same time. So the field isn't exactly cut in half the first day because they play uh, two women's games and two men's games. Had they did it the other way, then clearly that would be the case. But yes, by the time the weekend's over, you know, you have four women's teams left and four men's teams left. Uh, semi-final day is Monday. That's always a big day because you get some uh, natural big matchups that day. And, of course, you know, the championship games are what they are. The women uh, go earlier in the day, and then the men are later at night. Um, way too late, for my opinion. Yeah. But, it's, you know, you're dictated by when you can TV. get on the TV schedule. Yeah. Absolutely. So, um, But UNO has been in the championship game just a couple of years ago, um, and you were talking about the extremes. It was one shot. That shot goes. Um, everyone in Omaha is celebrating an NCAA tournament appearance for the Mavericks. Uh, it bounces off the back of the rim and falls to the ground, and even though it goes nowhere after the end of the season, then you know, the next thing you know, they're, they're picking up the pieces from a nine-win year last year. So um, there are extremes. Uh, it's a great tournament. Um, the fact that this one sits right in the middle of the conference makes it travel-wise okay for most teams, but there is a decided advantage for the South Dakota schools. Um, I don't know that I'll ever be in an atmosphere better than when South Dakota and South Dakota State's men's teams both played uh, against each other here a couple of years ago when they were both really good, like top two in the league, good. And I, I want to oh. say it was a semi final night, okay. maybe, but uh, that place was packed and it was just, uh, you know. How, a... how big of a
0: gym is it? Do you know um, is it, it...
1: It's a little over 12, I believe. Oh, wow. Okay. So it's it it, would, it Sioux would, Falls, right? Yes, okay. and then Sioux Falls. And it, it's uh, the newer arena. Um, yeah. They do have the Pentagon, which is a smaller place in both Nebraska and UNO, um, each individually played up there earlier this year. Okay. Uh, this is the big boy arena. Um, like I said, it's fairly new. Um, and, uh, you know, they, they've been able to draw from those Dakota crowds, and I think that's what's interesting about UNO's first matchup is North Dakota is a newcomer to the league. It's just up the road. How many people are going to travel from Grand Forks, especially on a hockey weekend oh. when UNO's up there for hockey, to come down to watch North Dakota play UNO's basketball. playing
0: North Dakota in hockey they're, this yes, weekend as well? Yeah, yeah they're, playing, uh,
1: they're playing up there this weekend, so... You know, will there be some people that come down on Saturday to watch the Fighting Hawks play against UNO in their first ever summer? Normally, I'd feel
0: like North Dakota would travel pretty well. I see their fans across Omaha all the time, every time North Dakota's in town. So you would think there'd be a good showing, but on a hockey weekend, there's more at stake there.
1: Yeah, exactly. And and for them, uh, this is a little bit different, too, because, you know, previously playing in the big sky, that wasn't as travelable travelable is that a word <laughs> you know what i'm trying feels, to say feels like on yes. this podcast yes. it's a travel word. hashtag or dashable yeah travelable uh tournaments um than what they would have had before you know that's probably the summer league tournament is probably something that they would have never considered going to when they were in the big sky you know we wouldn't have gone to a conference tournament but now you know it's a few hours down the road in in sioux falls you jump on i-29 you go south uh so i think that's something that maybe you know hawk fans would do um, I just don't know because they do pack the ralph on on hockey weekends, and right. you know the fact that that team's still uh, fighting for an NCAA berth and, and playing for uh, I guess home ice still this weekend. Uh, there's a lot on the line, and that may uh, keep some of those fans away. But
0: did um, do you get a sense that the crowd does play a factor on the action? Like on the when you UN, when O made its run to the championship game, did the atmosphere help or hurt? Well, I, the Mavs I, in any way, do you uh, think? Or... Well,
1: I, it's present. I'll say that. And I think that maybe that's the biggest thing. Um, what UNO might be looking at on Saturday night is it will play the game after South Dakota State. Now, assuming all the Jackrabbit fans show up, there's a pretty good chance that that arena empties out after the first game. And then there's not many people left for UNO North Dakota. Uh, the UNO players have told me um, that they would rather play in front of a crowd even if it's against them then then play against, against in a nobody. Gym. Yeah. yeah exactly especially
0: if it's a 12,000 seat yeah. arena and it's you know a fourth of the way full that that yeah. would feel pretty empty and, yeah, and I think, less championship like
1: fourth might even be high because of <laughs> really? the amount of South Dakota state fans that'll be in there for that yeah. um it, it, i can't overstate the, so the I, followings that those uh, two schools right. have um, in that area
0: i don't i mean the summit league we we classify that as a low major conference um, on the higher end of the low majors, but it, probably a low major, yes. maybe a mid-major. I don't know, right. low-end, mid-major, whatever. It's in, it's in sort of the second half of conferences if you split it in half um, across the country, maybe. I don't know. Anyway, who, does, who has a tournament like this? You know what I'm saying? At, at their level, whoever it would be, was, is it the horizon that's equal to them, I guess, maybe, or, or the big sky? Um,
1: I think you're, when you're talking about level of teams, that's the level you're looking at when you're talking about the what the tournament draws, the Summit League is above that because of where they've placed this. It's one of the most well-attended uh, mid-major
0: uh, tournaments. They, I would and imagine, men and do you think that they're going to outdraw the Valley? Um,
1: they very easily could. Yeah. Um, and and I, I guess I'd have to go back and look at the numbers over the last couple of years. I know. I don't know what they draw either. Head, I,
0: but, I mean, it's, the Valley's totally different now yes, without Wichita and craig Which I think Creighton. would
1: make it more of an even playing field. I know. Right.
0: Yeah. It, it's just, to me, it's it's impressive given the... You know, I think I don't know what the where the Summit League ranks in terms of quality of teams. It's probably 21 or 22 okay. in the country right now. Um, But to think that that size of a league would produce an environment and an atmosphere in an event like this sets up to be and has been in the past. I mean, I think that's pretty cool. Kind of a little hidden gem in the college basketball world. So have fun i guess yeah, the,
1: the other thing that can't be uh i guess underestimated is the travel for the women's thing too because the south dakota teams draw on the women's side too mm. and if you want to talk to, about the summit league as far as the women's tournament goes it would be above uh, a lot of those above other of those teams other because teams, yeah. uh, south dakota and south dakota state are like borderline top 25 teams and probably are both going to go to the ncaa tournament this year and to think that a, a, t- a league like the summit could have two uh, become a two big bid league is a, kind of a big deal, right? I mean, I think it should have two years ago when the South Dakota Women won the the regular season title, had a bunch of seniors, uh, but got beat by uh, South Dakota State in the third game in the tournament. Uh, and they went to the NIT and then they ran through the whole thing and, and they won the won the tournament as you know the Summit League regular season champion. Um, but I think this year, just because of uh, the history of the two programs and the fact that South Dakota didn't win the regular season. Um, d- just because it lost the last head-to-head matchup, but was ranked in the top 25 just a couple of weeks ago, I think there's a good chance that both those teams get in. That won't happen on right. the men's side.
0: It, yeah, that, that, it's just interesting, that, that idea that UNO is obviously, I mean, they're, they're not the favorite. for the, Back to the men's side, they're not the favorite mm-hmm. going into this thing, but they also aren't. You know, Sometimes when you, if you think of a conference tournament, you think of an event where people are going to see sort of the top-tier teams and... and you're drawn to um, the favorites or some of the teams that you think might perform well, but UNO is is like in terms of list of attractions or reason why people will will attend this event is very far down because of right you've got the two women's teams obviously from South Dakota who are who are like you said very good and then obviously on the men's side those teams draw well so it's like this huge event that UNO is just kind of part of but also hopes to spoil for everybody you know like they want to go in there and win this thing and and quiet everybody down and and ruin it for everyone involved
1: yeah honestly it kind of reminds me of a a hockey preview I just turned in because the hockey guys were talking about the same thing they're playing at North Dakota which is the arena that everybody wants to go to in the the hockey league that UNL plays in uh, which is the best conference in the country uh, as compared to the Summit League in, in basketball and other sports and uh, they said that we love the fact that there are like twelve or 13,000 fans in there because we want to spoil their night. Yeah. And that's exactly right. what that's basketball the basketball team is the men's trying to do this weekend. All right, sure. so uh,
0: I guess it starts with North Dakota. Is this a good draw? And um, I guess in the, the bracket, that side of the bracket, obviously the goal is to win the title. Um, what do you think about the way that it's sort of set up for, for UNL to make it around here?
1: Okay, well, first of all, um, th- th- their side of the bracket, they went 6-0 and against those teams. So that in a sense is is a good thing. That would be good. Yeah. yeah. The problem is all of those games with the exception of one against North Dakota were tight and that's when North Dakota didn't have its big and that guy had a huge game against them the first time around. All of those games went down to the wire against South Dakota, against Fort Wayne, And against North Dakota. So it's important for UNO to flush the fact that we went 6-0 against these teams and remember how tough it was to beat each and every one of these. Um, And and UNO's been very good about just task at hand and then moving on to the next throughout the season. So I don't think that'll be the problem. Uh, As far as the matchup goes, it was going to be either North Dakota or South Dakota. Those two teams played on the last day of the regular season. South Dakota won that game. I think UNO got a break in that sense because South Dakota had been not healthy during the the conference season and has really kind of come on here as of late. And then I think the fans would have played into it, too. Yeah. Uh, you know, having the North Dakota crowd <laughs> to deal with on Saturday night may be a little bit different than having to deal with that South Dakota crowd on the opening day. You can worry about that on semifinal night if that happens. So I think that in that sense it was a good draw. Uh, this will be more like the North Dakota team um, that, that UNO played the first time because uh, they did have their big guy in the lineup, and he's back now. And uh, that came down to uh, Mitch Hahn hitting a three um, with like six seconds left in a tie game to put UNO up. And, uh, then there was a, uh, a foul at the very, very end of the game. And, uh, the guy who missed the game, uh, Connor Evans is his name. Uh, he, uh, had two free throws with no time left on the clock, basically. And he made the first and missed the second and he mm-hmm. would have walked out of there with a one point win. He'll be in the lineup this time. And I would expect it to be, you know, another, you know, nail biter. The difference between the top and the bottom of the summit, as we've talked about a, a few times is the you know, not very big, right. You can get beat by anybody on any given night. I would say South Dakota State over Western Illinois, and that's only because these two teams just played this last week, and South Dakota State just rolled over Western Illinois. That's probably the only gimme in the first round. The other three will probably be really good basketball games.
0: How, I mean, maybe we shouldn't be asking this question before it even takes place, but let's say UNO is unable to win. How will you look at this season, or how will this season be looked at? Because, well, yeah, Darren Hansen just named Coach of the Year today, some League Coach of the Year, and, Mitch Hahn, uh, Zach Jackson are mm-hmm. both first-teamers. One game away from a championship. Had a thrilling game against uh, South Dakota State here and sort of ignited the local fan right. base a little bit. Obviously, the goal is to win it, but if not, if that doesn't happen, does, do you see that this season sort of already viewed as a building block in a way? I mean, is it already...
1: Well, I think there there are a couple of things, and and we've actually talked about this quite a bit because of the the nature of the one bid league. Um, there's a tendency to kind of write the season as it ends. You know, if you go one and out after this season, and you know get upset on Saturday night, does it feel like a lost season? Be, even though you know you finished with 13 wins, which is three more than you've ever had in the summit, and uh, you know you had 19 wins, 18 against Division One teams, which is by far your your best. Uh, Total, you know, since you moved to the Division One level, it's hard to overlook all that stuff. But it would feel like a disappointment if they went 0-1 this weekend. Now, if they got to the finals and lost in a great game to South Dakota State, then I think you have a different feeling about it. But um, I'm sure there there is a little bit of a sense of that we have to do something here to justify everything that we have done. Um, I, because because I, Yeah, because I've, because I've watched it throughout the season. I don't know that I would feel about it that way, but I think some fans would be because, yeah. you know, they, they would want to see this team finish strong, especially if they really started to get excited when it got good here late.
0: Yeah. that it, it, The tournament's setting because you just don't know what's going to happen and, and something crazy could happen and suddenly you're
1: – I'll say this about this tournament uh, on the men's side in particular. Um, I'm looking forward to this one more than I have in the past, and it's not just because UNO is going in the two-seed. And I, I think they have a legitimate shot at winning it. But the fact that uh, it, it's Jackson and Han senior year, it's Mike Dom's senior year at South Dakota state it's John Conchars uh, senior year at Purdue Fort Wayne. These are guys that have been in this league and been stars for four years in, in Mitch's case three and all these guys, you know, their careers kind of come down to this one weekend in this one yeah. venue. And, you know, it, anybody could be having their career come to an end on a given night.
0: So you've um, got to imagine yeah. urgency high, exactly. desperation high. Yeah. Be, Dom's, Z- Dom's the only
1: guy out of that group that's guaranteed to play another game because they are going to go to the NIT if they don't win the yeah. thing. And they'll be pretty disappointed if they do because that, that's, that group of seniors there at South Dakota State has been to the NCAA tournament three straight years. To have to finish it You know, in the NIT is not the way. That's right. not why like Mike Dom decided to come back to Brookings. Right. You know, they, they wanted to go get an NCAA tournament, not only appearance, but a win because they feel like that's the, the level that they're at now, that they're ready to take that next step.
0: Um, so Ken Pomeroy always releases his. Uh, I saw that per, her percentage chance to win the event. South Dakota State has a sixty-two point three percent chance to be champions, but UNO is second at thirteen point eight. Yeah, um, it's quite a large gap, but it's understandable given that you're essentially playing on the road. Yes, against a team that won the league outright and, for all intents and purposes, is better. Right. So. It makes sense, but I'd rather be second than third or fourth. Or you know, they got a good shot.
1: But I, I think the thirteen uh, goes to talk about the strength of the league. That means that there are some other teams down there that are getting little percentages. You know, to where the like the, eight the, or exactly, nine or seven, yeah, exactly. yeah percent you know, chance. A lot yeah. of times, the fifth or sixth or seventh seed in a tournament is going to get no chance. Right. You know, you, you, you're. Your probability is going to be high with the upper half. But in this case, I think that there's enough uh, to be said about those other teams that, you know, given a certain scenario and certain matchups, you know, they can make a run. I I think that, you know, Purdue, Fort Wayne could easily, you know, beat anybody in the tournament, but they're going to have absolutely no fans there. And they're going to have to go through South Dakota, potentially UNO, and South Dakota State to do it. Mm. Now, they've beaten all those teams except for UNO amongst that. And, you know, Conchar single handedly, you know, handled UNO in the past before. So to think that that couldn't happen, uh would be crazy, but uh, you know, I think the teams like that are are real X factors and things like that. You know, they, they have everything to play for now at the end, and there's absolutely no reason anybody would pick them because, you know, they're the they're the outlier geographically, and uh they're gonna come in there as there is a focused team with with nobody behind them.
0: Yeah. Man. Just kind of scanning these other uh <laughs> percentage these championships and, and how how does it compare? Well, it kind of looks like the West, the numbers kind of look like the West, only on the first two look right. like the West Coast, because Gonzaga is an 84%, has right. an 84% chance to win its conference, according to Kim Pomeroy, and second place, St. Mary's, is at at 11.5%. Wow. Yeah. But in that case, like you were talking about with the Summit League, the third, fourth, fifth, they, they actually do have a significant percentage, right. whereas in the West Coast, it's like third no, place, no, 2%, yeah, fourth place, 1%. No one place, has 1%, th- else has a chance. So that's more a um it's more a commentary on the league lacking depth at the top and the fact that Gonzaga is really good um whereas the summit league kind of what you're saying the difference between uh UNO and South Dakota or North Dakota is not very big right so um
1: well, I think the interesting thing about this year's tournament, too, um, with the way it sets up, um, if, you know, you're on your side of the bracket, obviously it would be helpful if South Dakota State never reached the final. Yes. And right. uh, you know, there's a distinct possibility that could happen because that four or five matchup um, is, is a good one. It's mm. North Dakota State, a team that really came on at the end of the year. Um, and a team that you know had South Dakota State beaten on its home floor, and South Dakota State needed to throw in a half-court shot off the off the glass to beat oh, yeah, them. Yeah, that's right. Uh, next to last week of the regular season, and the other team is Oral Roberts, a team that's beaten UNO twice, and uh, they have some bigs on the inside that could you know cause some matchup problems uh, with Dom. He's not going to be able to to get his points down low. Um, which will force him to have to stretch the floor. And if he doesn't have a great shooting night, then you know, Oral Roberts could be a team that could, that could be a problem. I don't think it's a walkover up there on that side of the bracket for South Dakota State other than maybe it's it's first-round game. But after that, I think that semifinal matchup could be pretty tough for them.
0: Best game in the Summit League tournament that you've been to is probably two years ago, the final, I'd um, imagine.
1: Yeah, yeah. And, and like I said, the atmosphere for that South Dakota-South Dakota State one, one was, was great. Yeah. I, I, honestly, I know that South Dakota State won the game, but I can't remember exactly how that all played out. But there's been some crazy finishes up there. Uh, Joe Rosga, who uh, won't be here, unfortunately, for his senior thing because Denver uh, didn't make the tournament. Mm-hmm. Um, but his freshman year, they had South Dakota State, which ended up being the team that, that represented the Summit League that year. Uh, they had him on the ropes, and, and he was a 90% free throw shooter plus uh, going to the foul line with no time left on the clock. There would have been no time to respond. And he, he just had to hit free throws. And Denver knocks out South Dakota State on the opening night of the tournament, and he missed it. And South Dakota State goes on to, to win the whole thing.
0: Um, that's just something that stands out to me. That's pretty insane.
1: But but I think it kind of tells you the the do or die-ness of the tournament, You know how it does come down to that final thing.
0: Um, Has there ever been any thought about restructuring the tournament, to your knowledge, just because I look at some of the other conferences, like the smaller conferences across the country, and you'll see um, the one or two seed have a bye all the way to maybe the semis, or or maybe a bye until the, well, I guess in this case, they're the quarters they they all play in the quarters, but um, maybe I, I think some leagues have talked about letting their champ have a bye all the way to the final game. I don't know right. if anyone does that. I don't think so, but um, I don't know. There's probably, I would imagine there's probably no conversation about moving it. Right. Um, but is there any conversation about changing the format at all?
1: Uh, I don't think there is, and I don't know that there would be either. Um, I think they like the fact that they can piggyback the men's and the women's together yeah. because the, the South Dakota schools are so strong on the women's side and the, they do draw on their own. Even, uh, if the men's teams are out, you know, they're still going to get crowds there, uh, because those women's teams will probably play deep into the tournament and, uh, just the number of, of teams in the membership, you know, uh, you know the Summit League has had either eight or nine since I've been covering UNO, and O, and it's because you know a team left like IUPUI, um, a couple of years ago there was nine teams, and and so then there was eight last year. North Dakota joined this year, so uh, it came became back to nine, and it's just been easy for them to just have the ninth place regular season finisher, which on the women's side this year happened to be UNO, and O not playing in the tournament. And if they were to ever add, add another team, I know there's been talk about Augustana moving to Division One, and they're right, right there in uh, Sioux Falls. Does that maybe you know, create another day full of tournament and they do it, does the this format go to what the Big East currently uses with its 10 teams yeah. instead of just uh, going with an eight-team format? I don't know the answer to that, um, but I think that would be interesting, especially when, you know, another one of those teams could be another fairly local team in Augustana. That's another fan base that you could probably draw into. So maybe there would be, you know, some talk about format change then, but I think it would be to make it bigger. I don't think it would do anything as far as, you know, changing it you know, for, right. to, for the higher seeds
0: benefit. Yeah. And that's, I mean, that's the only thing that I think about is just the idea that that higher seed, they did so much to earn yes. that, that maybe they could avoid the unpredictability right. and the wild randomness of w- at least one more day of the, ter- right. you know, well, just
1: and that's kind of why I like the, the NIT bid. So your number, your one seed you is kind yeah. of guaranteed something because there, for a long time that didn't exist. Right. And, uh, I don't know about you, I was one of those kids that used to like draw brackets and play tournaments on the Nerf hoop, you know, down in the basement, you know, growing up. And uh, never in my mind did I have brackets set up like, say, the Big Ten set up, where you're playing two games to get to a team that hasn't played a game yet. Um, you know, I, I don't know that we knew how to draw brackets up, uh, you know, at ages 10 and younger like that. You know, it was always even number of teams. Right. You filled it out with, with everybody, but, uh, but it, some, some of us leagues have gotten creative because they've gone to odd numbers and, you know, sometimes those don't work out in a bracket format necessarily.
0: Very good. All right. Let's touch on Creighton real quick and, uh, and then sign off. The Jays have won four in a row. They're suddenly in the mix to, uh, um, maybe sneak into the NCAA tournament field. We're not 100%. The likelihood isn't... They have to play pretty well, obviously, continue what they've done, but uh, they they are on the NCAA tournament bubble, just barely on the NCAA tournament bubble, but they have to at least beat DePaul on Saturday, and then they have to win. Um, Some are saying one in the Big East tournament, some are saying two, some are saying maybe that's not even enough, maybe they just have to win the whole thing.
1: I, I loved your flow chart today, by the way. Right. All of it's, your if then. That's the other
0: thing, is the scenario for where Creighton could fall in the Big East tournament is, I mean, there's so many. There's yep. so many different things that could happen. And so um, I guess if you're a, a Creighton fan, you just hope that the Jays can find a way to win against Paul And, and right. as uh, the players and the coaches like that's going to be their focus too is like yeah, just, you have to control what you can control right win that game against the paul and then if if creighton does that it's going to avoid the play-in game that first day in new york which is obviously that's the scary one i mean yeah. you don't want to the idea of having to win four games in four days um that's no one's done it since the big east has reconfigured the farthest a team has gotten is is the semi-final which mm-hmm. is a pretty good run right. but obviously if you're if Creighton were to lose to DePaul and fall to the playing game, um, most likely it would need to win the whole thing to get into the NCAA tournament. And to do four games in four days is a lot. So I uh, uh, I'm curious to see how they, res- how they respond. Last last night against Providence, it was uh, the Jays looked good for about thirty minutes, and then Providence made a run and put them under pressure, and and the Jays nearly. Wiltered or wilted and, and, and crumbled, but found a way to uh, make the key plays in overtime to win and keep its NCAA tournament hopes at large hopes alive. Yeah.
1: Are you surprised at all that there wasn't more separation here towards the latter end of the season? You know, for a while there, everybody was packed together. You know, after the first couple in the league, and I guess I thought over time, you know, okay, there'll be some clarity here. You know, maybe a three or four will separate. You know a couple of teams will fall to the back of the pack are, are you surprised that there wasn't more separation at this point? a
0: little bit I am because it looked like St. John's and Seton Hall were going to be the two teams that would kind of push themselves mm-hmm. away from the pack because well St. John's showed what it was capable of it um, I think it was the second game of the year beat Marquette which was obviously a team that everyone thought would compete for a championship um, and, and, and it has so it seemed like St. John's, Seton Hall, in the non-conference beat Kentucky, beat Maryland. Like those teams seem like the most capable teams of, of rising above the, um, the pack. But, yeah, Creighton and Xavier have those are those are probably the two culprits, the main yeah. culprits. Xavier won uh, five games in a row, and uh, and until I think it was just lost to Butler, snapped its streak. But now now Creighton's won four in a row. So those two were at at one point they were at the very bottom of the league. And they've since moved up and brought everybody back down with them as they've moved up. Right. So that's kind of the reason why. I, yeah, and like I am a little bit surprised, that especially in major conferences, you usually see it um, start to there's, yeah. there's a so divide that, at so some that point.
1: Scenarios to still be in play going into the last weekend, or right. so Is just crazy. To yeah, me.
0: Creighton could be in in a three, four, five, seven, eight, nine. Yeah. I mean,
1: yeah, that just doesn't happen. Right, that's not normal. <laughs>
0: So we'll see what they do, we'll see what they do. They've they've, uh, been, they've been playing better defense and they've been winning games with their defense, which is certainly not something I have would have ever expected to say about this group. In December, I was writing about how it was the worst, or was on track to be the worst performing defense in Greg McDermott's tenure. Yeah. And I knew that they were gonna get better and, and he was pretty adamant that they would get better and the players kind of were buying into this idea that they would improve, but it doesn't change the fact that for the first 10 games or so they were pretty awful in a lot of different areas that they really try to focus on defensively and uh and so but they've turned it. They flipped it. And it's a mentality change was the biggest thing. I think a lot of the players decided like, okay, we can't just outscore people. Right. Like that we can't just lean on our offense. We have to actually play some defense and, and get stops and be committed to that side of the uh, of the floor. And as it turns out, that has kind of fueled this resurgence in the second half or well over the last couple weeks really um and and they started to turn the corner a little bit even during that four game losing streak they injuries played a part in it but they had to slow down the pace and they started kind of grinding out games but um yeah they uh they've they found a way to win maybe differently but they still are winning, and yeah. so if, I think their thought is, man, if we can just get this offense on track, and we can start making shots and kind of getting that flow going, um, we could be really tough to beat, and, but that's kind of been a question that's it's sort of been hot and cold offensively, um, a team that obviously they, they do have to hit threes um, to be as efficient, to, to reach sort of their peak efficiency. They do have to hit threes, and they've just... Um, they've kind of been stuck in a shooting slump since this February started.
1: I think it's fun when teams do that, and it doesn't even matter what sport it is. Uh, UNO hockey, in a sense, kind of did that this year too. You you find out at some point along the line, okay, we we need to play this way, and suddenly once everyone buys into that, then like the turnaround comes around. Right. You know? Okay, we have to be a better defensive team. That happened to UNO when they lost to Oral Roberts the first time. They had just been out-rebounded for like, I think it was like the tenth time in twelve games or something like that, and they're like, "We can't be losing the battle in the glass." And I think that South Dakota State was the only team that rebounded them the rest of the way. Right. Um, same thing with Creighton. Yeah. And, and his de- defense. You know. Yeah, it's you, just you, that you learned that, like, okay, if we're gonna if we're gonna win games, this is gonna be how we do it. And it's amazing how how fast that turnaround happens once in the middle of the season. Yeah, exactly. It, it, right. It doesn't seem like that should be possible, and and maybe we're fortunate that we cover you know teams with good coaches that you know kind of lead the way in this. And I'm, I'm sure they're probably some programs out there where that doesn't happen. They don't get it, and that, that switch doesn't get flipped. But, you know, it, it's cool to watch the turnaround when that does
0: No doubt. And it was interesting just my sort of thought as I was breaking down what I um, thought might happen on Wednesday against Providence in the Creighton-Providence game. I was like, it's probably going to be a grinder. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a slugfest, and, and neither team's going to shoot it very well, and it's going to be about sort of being physical and just sort of grinding your teeth and trying to get a win. And normally, I don't think, uh, Creighton's not suited for that type of game, but this particular squad has shown over the last month that it actually can win some of those types of games. And so I was like, it's probably gonna be that, but I think Creighton can find a way to win. And and it did, barely, (laughs) barely, blew a 16 point lead and made some key mistakes in the final minute that allowed Providence to tie it on on an and one and uh, Jays missed a shot at the buzzer that could have won the game, and then in overtime, Providence took the lead a couple times, but Tyshawn Alexander hit a big three, steal, dunk, um, that little sequence, five-point sequence. Um, It was a tie game when it started, and then the Jays were up 68-63 with two minutes left, and they closed the door from there.
1: Is that sustainable in a win, move to the next day?
0: Tournament? Tournament? Yes. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I mean... it's It It might be, honestly. I I always feel like it's harder to grind out Multiple games consecutively than it is in one shot situations. You true, know? true. And how I, much
0: does that wear on? Like, if Creighton had done that against Providence and then had to turn around and play today, yeah, exactly. W- would it be able to like not just physically recover but also emotionally too? Yeah. Because it was there was a lot that they put right. into that game um, to have to withstand the slate surge by Providence and find a way to win. It's a good question. I don't know. Um, I think ideally you would think that a team. Will, will need at least one game where it wins comfortably yeah. in a tournament-like setting to make it all the way to the final and to win it. Um, and I, But I think the only way Creighton does that is if it, it hits shots. And yeah. so right now, it, they definitely still have the capability. I mean, they shot 50% against, 50-plus percent against Georgetown and 50-plus percent against DePaul last week. So it's it, within their capability to do it. It's just um, this week at Marquette, and against Providence and then in games that they lost that four game losing streak before, um, this current winning streak they're on, they didn't shoot it. Well, and so we'll see. <laughs> Perfect. All right, Tony, thank you so much for joining uh, me on the half court press and replacing Chris Hetty for a week. Absolutely. Maybe we'll have something to talk about next week.
1: Yeah. Well, let, let's hope so because, uh, it's been a fun basketball season and obviously, you know, um, with UNO kind of rising up, it's garnered its own attention no doubt, uh, within our little basketball triad here. And, uh, you know, I know the Mavs have been appreciated uh, for it, and, and they've been very appreciative of the recognition that they've gotten throughout, uh, you know, the city and the area for the league that they've had. But they also understand, you know, kind of where they, they sit in the dynamics, you know. they're Right. They're outnumbered by the Nebraska <laughs> fans and Creighton fans. They but, are. Uh, uh, but, but it was cool today to see the, you know, Darren and the guys get rewarded for a good season. I kind of hoped that would happen but you never know with the voting um when a lot of it takes place closer to where league headquarters are you know is, is your team going to get rewarded for what they did but you know, Mitch and zach have led the way with this team and obviously darren took a team that was picked to finish eighth and, and got them where they were a game away from winning the championship so.
0: fun season so far we'll see if they can finish it the way they want to all right all right thanks for joining us uh tony and uh, thank you for listening